Oh, it's the uh, final day of this first week of March Madness, as uh, we will know in, in just a few hours what the Sweet 16 looks like. There has been a hell of a lot of madness. We're not really going to recap everything that we've seen so far, but wow, just thinking about it. St. Peter's, they're, they're on the move. We've got a 15 seed on the way. I think just the third time in NCAA history that we've got a 15 seed that's won two games in the tournament and, and it will make it to the second weekend. So congratulations to them. I guess last Gentry, you were kind of joking about it as a Kentucky fan. Now, maybe you don't feel like it was as fluky because they came back and beat a pretty good Murray state team. And I think they won that game wire to wire. I don't think there was a point where Murray state even led. No, um, St. Peter's locked them up basically. I mean, you know, Hannibal and, the other guard, well, most Murray State's team is guards. They're kind of undersized. But, uh, you know, they're pretty much held in check right from the jump. Uh, St. Peter's got physical with them. And, it, you know, it seemed like even when they had layups, they were expecting contestants and they were putting too much on it and missing layups. And It was like they were in their head right from the get-go. So, Well, that was yesterday. This is today. It's all about what have you done for me lately in this world, in this gambling world that we live in. And we want to help lead you to some winners today, folks. So let's kick things off with the uh, the first game. We have eight games on the menu. We begin with a 4-5 matchup over in the south, trying to see uh, who will move along and possibly play Arizona. It'll be the winner of Arizona TCU, which is the late game uh, today. So Houston, Illinois, Houston in the four, four-and-a-half-point-ish range in the total in this game around 133 and a half. Houston comes into this thing 30 and 5, 23 and 12 against the spread. You've got Illinois 23 and 9, 13 and 19 against the spread. And this game, Eric, I have a, like a really tough time trying to figure out the way this game is going to unfold from like a scheme strategy standpoint. I mean, looking at these two teams, you've got Houston who, you know, they haven't really even played a close game in a while. They've been kind of beating the crap out of teams for a few weeks now, at least. They had that overtime game against Wichita State on February the 20th. Since then, they've won every game by at least 13 points. Um, so they've been just blowing teams out. They were a team that we were sort of talking about maybe attacking in the tournament against better teams because of some of their depth issues. And when you dig into who they've beat, it's really nobody. I mean, like throughout their year, they beat Memphis. And they lost twice to Memphis prior to that. So it wasn't as if we could say they're, they were better than Memphis. Even it was maybe like a sort of a revenge factor in the third time they played. And then earlier on in the year, you dig into their wins. They don't really look all that great. You know, games against Virginia, Butler, uh, Oklahoma State, nothing really all that sexy. But then on the flip side, you've got Illinois. They led for 25 seconds in their game against Chattanooga. Literally the last 30 seconds of the game, they took the lead and that was it. And for them, their last three games, two of them have, win have been wins. They've been separated by a total of five points. They just have been playing only close games. And Houston's the flip side, no close games. I don't know what to do here with the big man. Because it does seem like Houston may have a big body that they can throw at him also. And if that's the case and they can eliminate him, you know, Houston, the rest of the Houston squad has been playing a little bit better. But I don't know. I can't really get there either way to have a strong opinion. What are you thinking about this game, Eric? I locked in Illinois plus four and a half. Illinois is 13 and one when Kofi scores 13. No, excuse me. When he scores 20 or more points, their only loss was to Indiana in the um, – in the conference tournament, they're 19 and one when they shoot over 42% from the field and Houston, even though they're 10th in effective defense, they've allowed teams to shoot over 42% uh, their last three games. So teams are shooting well against them. Kofi's going to be able to get white into foul trouble. Houston really has a depleted bench and Illinois, we can expect some positive shooting regression today. Uh, Gentry made a great point yesterday how this is going to be the second time these teams have shot in this gym, so they're going to be used to the depth perception and everything. Illinois is not going to go three for 17 from three again. And, you know, Houston allows a lot of open threes. Illinois is one of the better three-point shooting teams. Um, they're 37th in the country and made threes per game. I think they're going to get a lot of open looks. I think they're going to make them. I locked them in a plus four and a half. I think they straight up win. 
Leo, we head on over to see the big man, Kofi. Kofi Mania. Which way are you leaning here, Houston, Illinois? How many times have I said it this week? And Eric, we trust, baby. This is my favorite play. I thought of the day. you were going to say it's all about the cock, but you were going to go say it's Eric, we trust. <laughs> About the burning cock, if we're being I, honest. I wasn't sure if that's where you're going. But. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love Illinois in this matchup. Man. Plus four. This is such an overreaction to what we saw the other day because it Houston shot like one of those, out, right? And you have Illinois that um, – excuse me, Illinois um, that did not play well the other day. They find a way to get through. Illinois is way better defensively than UAB is. They're not going to let Houston light it up from deep. Uh Again, I think this is a 50-50 matchup, and if we're being honest, if I'm just setting a line, I probably have Illinois a favorite, like a two-point favorite here. This is a no-brainer. Give me Illinois on the money line. Don't get fancy. Nail it. Make some money for later on. Yeah, I agree in that it did feel – I thought this game would be really close to like a pick or like, you know, two, maybe one or two the either, either way. Gentry, where do you land on this first game of the day for us? Yeah, I mean, with the number being what it is, uh, you know <laughs> – it's kind of interesting. You know, you were kind of hinting at it being a lower – it should have been possibly a lower spread, and and I agree with that because what this creates is a situation where I would take whoever the dog would have been yes. if the, with the number being where it is. Yeah. Like, even if if, Houston, if you flipped it around and Houston was the dog, I'd take Houston. I agree. I, I yes. think it's, it's almost like a motivating number. Uh, to take the dog. You're 100% right, because whoever it is, you sort of want to you want to dig into the things that could make them have the advantage. In this right. game, it feels like it could be either way. So, right. yeah, you're, that's a great situation to be in where you're. these two teams don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the points, too, and uh, get the best number that you can with Illinois. So four and a half, it looks like. If you're trying to play Illinois, you might be able to shop around and find that thing. 133 and a half on the total there. That's our opening game. That one, it really weird the way they've got these games scheduled too. I don't know, in the morning, you know, the way they like staggered them. I don't know if it's always been this way or if they, they've changed it up a little bit this year in particular, but they backloaded all of these games today and there was that gap in the morning right away yesterday. They did the same thing where it's like the first game finishes – and there's nothing for a little while. And then we've got three games later in the day all playing on top of each other. So um, yeah. sort of what the NFL does a lot of weeks where they have all the games in the morning and then they end up having the like two bad games late and it ends up being one of them's a blowout. It's like, come on, give us a cup, spread them out a little bit better here as uh, we move along from Houston, Illinois to Ohio State, the Ohio State University and yeah. Villanova. Leo, let's start here with you on this one. So we've got uh, Ohio State coming in off that win against Loyola. Loyola only shot 26.8% from the field on 56 shots. Um, the thing with Ohio State, what makes them a little bit interesting is they had a stretch from uh, February the 19th to March the 6th where they had to play seven games in a 15-day stretch. They got a little bit tired right there. They had to play Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, which is nuts in college basketball. And during that stretch, they were missing some players. Um, they're finally healthy. Uh, Young, Key, Wheeler, uh, Moochie Johnson, Br Russell, and Brown all missed a few games for them. All of those guys played against Loyola. So they have a full complement of players for the first time in a while. And you could kind of tell because Ohio State this year, if you were just looking at their metrics, their defense wouldn't have been graded good by almost any metrics. I think I talked about Ohio State's defense as being a, ma a major weakness for them. And they played very well against the Loyola offense. That is good, Leo. So I I'm, you know, in this spot, looking at these two teams, I think it's another instance where I, I feel like Villanova is the better team. I'm not sure if I want to lay the points. I'm I'm not the strong. I'm not 100% positive, but I'm leaning Ohio State. Which way are you leaning right now, Leo? This is kind of one of those spots where I want to lay the points. I feel comfortable laying the points, 
But this is one of those, like, I kind of just want to take the money line and just bank a couple bucks on it. Like, put a unit, bank a fourth of a unit. Like, I'm content with that. Generally, I don't like playing bigger money lines. I mean, we've had this conversation before where I prefer to just take the dog. But this is one I don't see much of a chance for Ohio State. And I really don't want to, like, leave it up to chance that there's going to be some bullshit backdoor cover, buzzer beater three when they're down by eight. I don't see a way for Villanova to lose this game. I'm probably going to lay the five and a half anyways, especially for our contest. Our contest, I'm definitely uh, laying the five and a half. My own personal bet, I may just parlay Villanova on the money line with something. How have you been? How did you do on uh, day one of round two yesterday? No surprise. I'm leading, uh, you know, out of the four of us. Only two of us are left here, and it is the one that I trust and myself. We're, you know, we're still going. Yeah. Gentry and I were talking about it. I got coach. I looked up. And the fir- coach had the first nine games on day one as winners. Yeah, I was like, oh my god! I, I I started like I said at six and two, and I looked up and he was like nine and zero, oh, and I was like, I'm in trouble because I was I knew a bad stretch was about to come for me because I was like, oh, six and two, not a bad start. I'm in okay shape. Let's see what my guy against me has got. Oh shit! And I just boom. So good luck to coach because I didn't see how he did yesterday in day one of round two, but. He kicked my ass and wiped the mat with me there. Uh, Eric. Let's, uh, let's give a little shout out to our buddy Biho, too. Biho is not here, but Biho had a phenomenal one in seven day yesterday. Nice work, my little chicken nugget. Oh, Biho, flip that bad boy today. Let's hope it goes the opposite way for you. Eric. Well, I was 0 0, so I'm undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, Gentry, you and I were great in, in round two. We're, we're right. We're not losing. We're not winning. Exactly. Eric. You had a nice day yesterday. You've had a nice couple of days. Tell us what you think about this Villanova-Ohio State game. This game is really interesting. Um, you look at it, and Ohio State um, against Loyola. Loyola, the 14th best shooting team in the country. They only shot 27%. Yep. You look at shot quality. Shot quality actually graded that Loyola should have won the game 65-62. I think that defensive effort from Ohio State had a lot more to do with Loyola just not making baskets, then what? Then how good Ohio State is. Uh, the number opened up at three and a half. It's moved five points to five and a half right now. With the way I gamble, I cannot lay the points with Villanova, even though I think Villanova is going to win, that I could even see them winning by more than 10. I think this game is going to be a little bit higher scoring um, in the contest. I'm going to play the over here just because I think Villanova is going to be able to hit the open shots that Loyola wasn't hitting. Um, Ohio State struggles to defend the pick and roll. Villanova uses that a lot. And then also Ohio State's going to get a lot of open looks with the way Villanova plays D. Ohio State was, what were they, one for 15 in threes against Loyola. I expect more of those shots to fill just based on, you know, yeah. being their second time in the gym. That, that's so I'm going to take, where I think I'm gonna take the over here. And that's one of those things where that's a really good point because, you know, you take you take it one way, like what you were doing with Ohio State, what they did with Loyola. You, you got to be careful when you just look at box scores sometimes if you haven't watched the game or if you haven't dug into it. You mentioned shot quality, which is a really good site because it'll give you what they grade things out. If this game was played like 100 times, what would it actually have looked like if all those shots happened over and over and over again? And the positive regression for Ohio State, like a bad game for them would be what? Three of 13 or three of 15, four of 15, five of 15. You know what I mean? So they'd make a few more even in a bad situation. That's the thing. One for 15 is not likely to continue to to stand up. So if you like Ohio State or if you're playing the over or whatever you're – Whatever your handicap is, it's just unlikely that number to hit again. It's probably unlikely that Ohio State holds their opponent to 26% from the field. So those two things may end up evening out, but absolutely worth mentioning. So uh, Gentry, finish us up here with this Ohio State-Nova game. Yeah, I mean, as far as the spread goes, the five and a half, I mean, to me that's a big coin flip. I could see Ohio State's defense being physical and and you know kind of mucking up the game to where it's a tight one late, but I could also see Villanova – out just hitting them in the mouth and and kind of cruising like just sustaining a double digit 10 point 12 point uh kind of lead um and winning that way so i'd kind of avoid that but i do agree with eric on the over um i mean if you look at the last 10 games for both these teams going into you know you could take their points allowed find and it's more than the over which is normally you look at their points 
four, and you say, well, they can score this many points. But if you just combine their points allowed, you're getting over with that. Yeah. It seems like a kind of a low did it closer to closer to one than one thirty. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of steel. Winner of this game will go on and play Michigan, who made their way into the Sweet 16 with the upset over Tennessee. So we move along to our third game on the slate today. We got Ohio State there, 20 and 11, 15, uh, 16 and 15 ATS, and Nova, 27 and 7, 17, 16 and 1 ATS. Let's get to Michigan State versus Duke. This one uh, is the game that they wanted. They got it. They got uh, Izzo here versus Coach K. Winner will make their way to the Sweet 16, Coach K's final season. He's popping up in commercials all over the place. I, I've i been wanting to attack him. I, I, I was going to attack him in this spot with Davidson. I'm not sure if I can get there with Michigan State. I'm definitely not laying the points on the Duke side. And Duke is around uh, like a six-and-a-half-point favorite or so. This was last night when I plugged them in. So where are they right now? Yeah, seven. Uh, Michigan is a seven-point dog over under around 146 and a half. So Dukes won. Uh, they beat Fullerton. Prior to that, they lost in the final to uh, – they lost to Virginia Tech uh, in the ACC. They, before that, you know, they got their wins against Miami, Syracuse. It is funny that the ACC is a conference that didn't look good for a lot of the year, and now all of a sudden they're, they're starting to look good. It's really funny, though – with these teams that for a game or two, I think teams can get up and get excited and win. And, and you look at some of the ACC teams like Miami, Notre Dame, uh, even North Carolina, they were teams that were like right on the fringes of getting into the tournament. And once they got in, it was like, Oh, cool. Now they get a new lease on life. Now, nothing that they've done the whole rest of the year really matters. They get to kind of start all over. So if they weren't consistent or if they had struggles, didn't really matter. They only needed a game or two. You know, Miami could have lost their game. Notre Dame could have lost a couple different times. Um, Duke and the ACC, I just have a tough time getting a feel for them right now with the way they've played early in the tournament. Michigan State, we'll start here with you, Eric. Um, your squad, who is another one, I don't know, was it them playing great? Uh, based on shot quality, Michigan State would have lost 65% of the time and only won that game 35% of the time against Davidson. I'm not sure if it was Davidson missing shots or Michigan State locking down. I want to lean Michigan State. Talk me into using Michigan State if you're on that side, which I feel like you're not going to be laying with Duke. Give me your um, I, Michigan State. I have Michigan State plus six and a half. I took them on the money line plus 245. Michigan State's weakness is turning over the ball. And they're playing a Duke defense that doesn't force a lot of turnovers. Michigan State, is, when they shoot 47%, is – 18 and one Duke's defense has ton of issues. They oh, struggle defensively. They struggle when you, when you move, when you cut without the ball and then they struggle defending in the three and dribble pull up threes and then catch and shoot threes. Michigan state is the best three point shooting team in the big 10. So it's just basically for me, it's just a matchup matchup game where Michigan state's going to look to take threes. Duke's bad defending the three. They're bad with how Michigan state's going to cut. And the big thing for Michigan State, like I said, is Walker's healthy. Um, they like to close games with Walker and Hogarth both on the floor. Both are top 15 nationally in the city assist race here, assist ratio. And Hogarth is actually leading the nation in assist ratio. I think the pressure is just going to be too much for this young Duke team. They're one of the youngest teams in all of college basketball. The pressure of trying to win it, Coach K, and just the X's and O's matchup with what Michigan State likes to do. Duke is bad defending. So I like Michigan State plus the six and a half in the straight up win. Let's get to you, Gentry. We've got uh, Michigan State 23 and 12, 19, 15 and 1 ATS, Duke 29 and 6, and 17, 16 and 2 ATS. Coach K, Coach Izzo, which way you lean here? Well, you know, I, I get everything that Eric said there, and, and I agree with probably all of it. The one thing he didn't talk about, though, is you know, coach K, you know, it's, this is the last hurrah and, and, you know, it's, it's tough for me to bet against him playing a team like Michigan state, you know, even with all the factors Eric mentioned, statistically speaking, best three point shooting team, how Duke struggle against, you know, uh, transition pull up threes and things like that. 
Um, but it's, you know, I, I feel like it's it's go time. It's go time for this team. Banchero, uh, he's almost an impossible guard for any team. Um, would look for Duke to get out uh, kind of early if they're going to win and 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 take care of business early. And, you know, if if that's the case, I don't see Izzo laying down. But at the same time, it, I think he realizes what's going on here too with Coach K. It's kind of like, look, man, if we get down bad, are we going to actually? fight this and try to come back? Will the refs allow us to come back? Will CBS allow us to come back? It's it's a it's a very odd situation game, much like the ACC tournament final was, and and that didn't go well for Duke. So, you know, you compared that to this, you know, I can see a world where Michigan State definitely covers, but I'm not going to – I'm not going to pick them. I, I would take Duke in the points. Give yeah, it's up, up to around seven now, Leo. I, I – I'm not – Playing Duke, I want to attack Duke. I want to play against the them with the Coach K stuff. I'm sort of get. I'm sort of thinking it's been one of these things. It's kind of this big ball floating around in the room where these kids just kind of want to play basketball and try to win. And now they got this like added pressure on them with yeah. Coach K and doing it for Coach K, and it didn't do well for them in their final game at home and then in the tournament. I don't. I, I don't know if Michigan State, though, is the team for me. Like I, w- I was saying I was going to play Davidson in the spot because I thought Davidson was was able to maybe take advantage of that defense a little more. And, again, Eric was hitting on, I think, some of the weaknesses that Michigan State might be able to attack of Dukes. I don't know if when the game slows down like – I definitely would lean Michigan State with, the like, the cover plus the seven. I don't know if when the game slows down – Michigan State will maybe have enough, you know, in that point of the game when it gets late, if these games are close and it's sort of like your best against our best for a couple possessions, that's where I get a little bit scared and feel like Duke may still have enough to wear them down. But I'm not, if they do get by here, I'm definitely not going to be attacking Duke or I'm definitely not going to be playing Duke all like throughout the tournament much more. If they run into Texas Tech next, which it would look like, and that defense of Texas Tech is able to slow down Duke's offense a little bit, and Texas Tech's offense is good. I don't know if I can get there with Michigan State. How about you? I'm still at Michigan State on the cover, but I think Duke advances. Which way do you lean, Leo? I really like this, and I actually disagree with Gentry here. Um, First of all, just kind of piece everything together. Eric, once again, you nailed it. Thank you for taking the words out of my mouth. Excellent work as always. Gentry, I know what you're saying, but you know what? If you're Coach K, is there a better person to lose your final game to than Tom Izzo? Like, he'd be okay with this one. But you know what? These kids for Duke, at some point, you got to get past the metrics, right? What have we seen so far? This is a very young team from Duke, and they have had a mean case of lemon booty since that North Carolina game. Their assholes have been as tight as humanly possible. As long as Michigan State can keep this game relatively close with about five minutes left, I have zero confidence in Duke to close this out. Never mind cover a six and a half point spread. Yeah, um, so you're right. And maybe the opposite down the stretch, if it is close, even if they maybe do have the better team on paper, are they in the back of their head thinking, okay, this is Coach K. We gotta do yeah. it. We can't we can't be the team that screws this up for well, him. We gotta be what you got we gotta do that. Is that something that weighs on it with them? That we're humans, well, right? And these are kids. That's something that's fun to think about. Go ahead, Gentry. Yeah, well, and if it's close down the stretch, yeah, I agree with you. Right. I yeah. mean, but it, it's got to be closed down a stretch. Like if Duke yeah, comes Michigan out, it's clicking, then I don't I don't see a world where Michigan State really comes storming back. Uh, you know, it's you know, it, it, it's it's a situational thing. Like it, it all depends on how the game plays out. Yeah. I don't think sad. they're built to come back from a big deficit. Michigan State. Right. They're they're probably not prolific enough mm. scoring to where. They're going to be able to come back, shut Duke down when they're down by 12 to 15, right? But if they're yeah. in the game, they can absolutely muck this thing up. And it's not – I haven't been overly impressed with Duke recently. I haven't been overly impressed with Duke all year, and recently they've looked even worse. So anytime yeah. I can try to you know to play against Duke and fade them, I, I will right now. But, yeah, me personally, I just have had a tough time with Michigan State because I've never – I'm happy. I haven't been that high on them this year and maybe, you know, some things that I was still 
kind of holding against them from earlier in the year, I may not. And, and I hope they get the job done today for you, Eric. Uh, Michigan State, Duke is game three on our slate today. And the winner of that game will move along and play the uh, winner of Texas Tech Notre Dame, which we'll talk about in just a moment. We've got uh, Iowa State versus Wisconsin. Eric, you can be delusional sometimes, man. You can be delusional sometimes, but you can get Iowa State home uh, other times here. Don't um, do it again. I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun. Well, I'm Not again, buddy. I'm just messing around. <laughs> and it's funny the way this tournament works because, how, I mean, I can think of three or four teams. You know, I mentioned Miami, who Miami didn't look very impressive throughout a lot of this year. Iowa State, down the stretch, looked horrendous. They had games where they scored 41 points against Texas. They had a game where they scored 41 points against Texas Tech. They had some horrendous game. They had a game where they scored 36 against Oklahoma State down the stretch. So they looked really, really bad, but it all comes down to matchups. It all comes down to what happened. They played against an LSU team that kind of came in reeling, and then all of a sudden, Hunter – hits seven threes. And in one game, that's all you need. You need something in to be a little bit outside of the norm. And Iowa State gets the job done. You know, for as much as we crapped on the offense of Iowa State, this team was miserable last year. They were not picked to be any good this year. And they've got a lot of good wins throughout their season. That's why they made the tournament, even with the, the crappy games late. Because early in the year, they stacked a lot of those wins. They actually beat Oregon State when Oregon State was supposed to be good. At the beginning, remember Oregon State made the deep run last year and people kind of projected them to be good this year. They beat them early on. Then you look, they beat Memphis. They beat Creighton. They beat Iowa early on. I mean, they they beat Texas Tech. They've got some good wins. Wins over Texas. Um, Even TCU and Oklahoma. So, I... I think the matchup-wise, Eric, for them here against this Scani team, where you sort of know what you're getting with Wisconsin, the way they're built, it's Johnny Davis and um, Wisconsin 25 and seven straight up, 17 15 against the spread. We've got Iowa State 21 and 12, 18 and 15 ATS. We'll start here on this game with you, Eric. Iowa State and Wisconsin. Um, comes back to the comment that I made on, um, I believe it was Thursday. These Big 12 teams playing against defenses that are Big 12. Well, each other. A little bit more. Yeah. The ones that are in there, right? You've got Texas, Texas Tech, uh, TCU. When you think about really good defensive, those are top tier defenses, and they're all having to play against each other over and over again. And they all play the pack it in style defense, and that's exactly what Wisconsin plays. They pack it in. And I really think Iowa State's going to struggle here. Hunter went off. I mean, it was a good for him. It was a homecoming. He's from Racine, which is right next to the MKE. But I really think that Iowa State's going to struggle to get shots off against this Wisconsin defense. Um, Iowa State, uh, they li- they live off of turnovers. Wisconsin, experienced team. They're not going to turn the ball over. Um, I just – I like Wisconsin here. I'd leave the under and Wisconsin because I don't think Iowa – I think Iowa State's going to revert back to their form in the Big 12 struggling to score and this game is also it's in milwaukee we saw yeah. what happened the last 10 minutes of the Colgate <laughs> game uh that game was tied up last 10 minutes uh you know wisconsin went on a run thank you for colgate for not following down seven less than five seconds to go my bet appreciated that but uh yeah i've been <laughs> under here in wisconsin it's funny because a lot of the teams that i've been wanting to attack leo the teams that i thought were maybe getting a little bit lucky it feels like the way that the tournament has sort of fallen for them. And again, we can't, you only can beat who's in front of you, you know, like teams like Kentucky, Tennessee, like good teams have lost games that they should have won. But the teams that I just, I didn't like, you know, like Providence, just funny. They ended up not even having to face a, a, you know, they had a 13 and then a 12. And in both of those games, they played teams that were tough, but like, we'll talk about this next week. The shot, Eric, I don't know if you saw the shot quality uh, recap for yesterday's Richmond-Providence game. They actually had Richmond winning that game in shot quality. Even though they lost by 25, whatever it was, 
because everything went the way for Providence again. Richmond was awful from the free throw line and incredibly awful from three. It's funny. Wisconsin was one of those teams too where, I mean, is Wisconsin that great? I don't think so. But if Wisconsin beat Colgate the other day and they beat an Iowa State team who was probably one of the last teams to get into this tournament, they're in the Sweet 16. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, they didn't really have to be all that great to get to the Sweet 16. <laughs> it's sort of the same thing with Providence where, you know, they they beat two teams that were double-digit seeds and now they're into the Sweet 16. The same thing with Arkansas. Did Arkansas look good in either of those games? They could have lost both games. They looked horrible yesterday in their game, but they were sort of in the stretch where the team that they ended up playing looked bad. I was sort of having a conversation with someone about this yesterday, last night, and that's what makes – sports so interesting in a situation where you're one-on-one in Eric, this is something that we hit on a lot in football is that when there are two teams playing, one team is going to get the bounces. So that means one team is not, but it's not like there are 50 teams you're playing against. You're playing against one or the other. So if there's only one of the two teams getting the bounces, you can be the team that gets them three or four or five times in a row. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're the better team. That just means that you sort you did get lucky three or four or five times in a row. You were the one that got the benefit of the doubt. The other team was not. Um, and, and that's what we started seeing happening a little bit uh, with some of these teams in the tournament. So, Leo yeah. and my long rambly way of getting there, <laughs> Iowa State, Wisconsin. Do not overthink this. Do not do it to yourselves. Iowa State is not going to pull this game out of their ass. I'm not high on Wisconsin, but you can take Iowa State. You can take your four and a half points. And you can shove it straight up your candy ass. I was gonna say, that was a very – the rock. You can take that son of a bitch, turn that shit sideways, and stick them straight up. You're going to That's right, baby. Wisconsin is going to dominate this game. I love Wisconsin minus four and a half, but I have to go on a rant here. Do you guys know what the team total for Iowa State is tonight? <laughs> no, please tell me I didn't look at it. 60 and a half points. Where is this team going to score 60 and a half points against one of the better defensive teams in the country after they could score 59 points on LSU who likes to, you know, actually play with a little bit of pace. Like they're not opposed to playing up and down a little bit. Iowa State hit more shots in that game than they've hit in weeks and they scored 59 points. Where in the world is 60 and a half points coming from against Wisconsin? Colgate, one of the best offensive teams in the country, could shoot the fucking lights out, scored 60 points against Wisconsin. This group of bozos from the middle of nowhere is going to score 61 points on Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, forget about everything else that we've said on this show. Take all of your money, whatever money you can find, whatever amount of Bitcoin that Coinbase will allow you to buy. Put it into nitrobetting.eu and put it all on the under 60 and a half for Iowa State team total. I put my personal Leo the BTV Greek guarantee. It's never been done before because I I hate doing it. This team will not score 60 points. If they do, I will come on the next show with a fucking red nose over them. Patch no Adams chance. put the clown on the, the clown on the nose there, Gentry. What are, you, what are we doing in this scony Iowa State game? Uh, well, after that, the only thing I have to add is uh, go Badgers. Go, I was going to say, right? Go Badgers. So that game tips off at 610 Eastern time today. And that is game four on our eight-game slate. So while we've got you here, Gentry, let's talk about the next game on the menu. We've got Texas Tech versus Notre Dame. Texas Tech has the number one defense in the country. Notre Dame's had to win a couple games to get through here. They had to win their playing game against Rutgers. They beat Alabama. The, the, the concern that I have in this particular spot is just thinking about those two teams and then comparing them to Texas Tech. Alabama and Notre Dame. What do we know about them? They're very inconsistent teams. Uh, they're teams that are not great defensively. Um, I mean, Alabama, excuse me, Alabama and Rutgers. I think in, like Alabama and Rutgers template the teams that Notre Dame had to be along the way here. They're very similar. Rutgers would beat really good teams and then lose to bad teams, and Alabama would do the same exact thing. Yeah. Texas Tech is not that type of team. Texas Tech is very consistent. They're very well coached. They're very well handled. You know what you're going to get from them defensively. And I think that Notre Dame may struggle defending inside against a Texas Tech team that is kind of quietly looking really good right now. 
Um, that I always get concerned laying numbers like this with Texas Tech because sometimes they are just more of a punch you in the mouth, muck it up team, and they don't necessarily have always the most overwhelming offense. But I don't know if Notre Dame can beat them just as far as advancing in the bracket. Do you have an opinion on this game and overall on the number? Um, not necessarily on the over-under, not the total. Um, but, you know, you look at what's happened so far in the tournament. These teams that rely on a lot of threes have done well. And, and Notre Dame is one of those teams. Now, they, they made it through round one, and, you know, it is what it is. They beat Alabama, but Bama relies on a ton of threes. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't really like that matchup for Bama. I picked against them, had that. Uh, but today you're looking at a Texas Tech team that really defends. And, you know, it's it's a contrast in styles between these two teams. Texas Tech wants to lock you down and, and rebound and, you know, score that way uh, or beat you that way, where, where Notre Dame just wants to get up and down, put up a lot of threes and kind of out-possess you. And, and get more possessions, extra shots. Uh, you know, they don't offensive rebound very well, but what they do is they do get a lot of timely rebounds. And when they get those second opportunities, they tend to cash them in with threes. And that's the only way I see them hanging around in this game. They've got to make shots. And if they don't, which I don't expect them to for the second game in a row, uh, I look for Texas Tech to go ahead and get this cover. BTV Greek, let us know which way are you going here. Notre Dame, Texas Tech. This is probably the only game I actually like want to skip betting tonight. Um, I, I just keep going back and forth. Like I can see Texas Tech winning this one by double digits. I can see this one easily staying under. I can see it going over because both teams are shooting well right now. Gun to my head, I'm probably going to take Notre Dame plus the seven and a half just because I, they're really efficient on offense. I think they're capable of mucking it up. More importantly, they're playing really confident basketball right now. Like they feel they're like playing they with house money too, right? It's like they yeah. don't really have a whole lot of pressure here. They're not supposed to even be any going. You could see in that Alabama game, they were really loose. Like they were content running their offense. They know what they do. They know their identity. And Texas Tech kind of does the same thing. Seven and a half. Maybe enough points to actually convince me to take Notre Dame here. Um, but, I mean, you should really just skip this one. There are plenty of other games to bet today. Eric, the winner of this game will head uh, and play the winner of uh, your Michigan State team and Duke in uh, in the game in the Sweet 16 next week to move along to the Elite Eight. This is in the West bracket. What do you think, Texas Tech-Notre Dame? Um, yeah, I'm pissed at myself because – we, sometimes we just need to remember stuff. And my buddy Brad, who taught me basically everything I know, during the Bama game, he just texted me, Mike Bray, short rest. And what this guy is able to do, this guy is a real underrated coach. You look at what Notre Dame likes to do. Notre Dame, like you guys said, lives by the three. The way to beat this Texas Tech team is shoot threes. They lost to Kansas State because Kansas State's a three-point shooting team. My worry with Notre Dame is because with that zone defense, they do allow a lot of offensive rebounds. Texas Tech as Judgery pointed out, likes to live off the glass and likes to rebound. I think they're going to eat re- eat, and be able to rebound, get second chance points, get a lot of open looks inside the arc with jump shots. Um, and I think Notre Dame's going to be hitting threes. I didn't pick anything on the side. I would lean the over here. I think this is going to be a higher scoring game than people think. So you think you're thinking like the Brock Lesnar, eat, sleep, rebound, repeat. Yeah. They're going to go with, uh, with yeah. something, something along those lines there. Um, uh, yeah. What, what's, interesting about this particular spot is just with texas tech they can they can get little stretches where they go cold offensively they looked really good offensively in their last game and eric was kind of pointing out with the big 12 teams you wonder if maybe their offense is a little bit better than we may have thought because they were dealing with some of those tougher uh big 12 defenses throughout a lot of the season as well so texas tech trying to get through to the sweet 16 they play Notre Dame, and uh, that game is our fifth game today. This one goes at 7-10 Eastern time. Before we jump into the next game, Leo, I think this is a good opportunity to talk to everyone out there about what we've got going on over at OldSmokeClothing.com. So we got a cool little T-shirt here and uh, a new partnership going on with Old Smoke Clothing and Better Than Vegas. Tell us a little bit about that as I pull it up, Leo. 
Yeah, man, we started off this fantastic partnership with Old Smoke Clothing because, as those of you in the horse racing world know, Old Smoke make phenomenal clothing. These are the most comfortable shirts. And, Gino, you called them little shirts, but have no fear, everybody. They have sizes for even the big BTV. Yep, Hit up that 3X, <laughs> baby. They got you covered. Uh, these shirts are fantastic. They're super affordable, super comfy. Uh, I cannot wait to get this one and just, like, flaunt my degeneracy everywhere that I go. I actually got multiple of them. So, you know, like I can wear them multiple times a week, rotate them in the laundry. Um, you know, I don't bet I win. And that's exactly what you do when you watch cutting nets, when you watch pitches and pines, when you watch all of our programming, you win money. More importantly, uh, everything that we do here, guys, is completely free. We never ask anything of anybody. I mean, we're giving away $3,500 in this capper tournament, which was completely free to enter. Uh, you know, come support BTV. Come buy a beautiful T-shirt. And look sexy in the process, man. We want to help you. We want to make you become a better, better. We want to share all the information that we have, all the work we've done, all the, uh, the people who have taught us along the way. We love to help you out. So if you want to support us, if you're a fan of all the free content, all the live streams, think about all the Cutting Nets episodes that we've had for you all throughout the season. If we've led you in the right direction once or twice, help us out here. Purchase that shirt. And if you use the promo code GINO, G-I-N-O, it'll actually get you free shipping on your order. It'll save you five bucks there um, on the uh, the shipping cost. And Eric, what's nice, I know you every day will post online. If it was a good day, if it was a bad day, you post your winners, you post your losers. But... Uh, Nobody knows if if you really win with this shirt, so you can you can get it even if you're not if you've not been winning. Like we're not gonna check your homework. Like we'll look at Eric's tweets just because we check Eric's tweet. If he's not winning, we don't even let him come on the show. We're like, nah, Eric, you had a bad day yesterday. Nah, man, you can't get. So you can wear this shirt, Eric, even if you don't have a bad day. That's what even if you don't have a good day. That's what's nice. Yeah, I mean, you can I'll wear it. You can rock it. It lets people know you bet. Like, so I I'm all about it. I'll let you. You, you never. You know, don't worry about it. You walk around with that shirt on. People think you're a winner, even if you're not a winner. But one man who is a winner. And hey, you know what? Yes. We talked about how good we would look wearing that shirt. But you know what? If you want to really support BTV and you want to get a couple of them, man, which one of us wouldn't love our women wearing that shirt around the house? Like oh, that wouldn't get you engine revving, everybody. That would be a perfect it. present. Get two. Like I say, it would make me feel good because I would. And I'm very self-absorbed. I think everything's about me. I would feel like they were talking about me. That yeah. they won with me. They won because they've got me walking around here. They, yes, you know, so you can, you can now burn that I'm with stupid shirt and have for exactly. wear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. That shirt comes out a lot with me recently. So uh, I don't <laughs> bet I win. That's what we're going to take a look at there. So uh, please show us a little bit of support. Use that promo code G-I-N-O. You'll get a great shirt. And uh, you'll be helping us out over at Better Than Vegas and uh, really great folks over there at OldSmokeClothing.com. Three more games to discuss. Let's start this one with you, Gentry, uh, SEC team that you know pretty well. You played them a couple times this year, yeah. Auburn, and they'll be playing a Miami team who beat my Trojans in a really kind of back-and-forth close game that felt like it could have gone either way down the stretch. Total in this game, 144. What do you think, Auburn-Miami? Well, okay. So I just kind of mentioned it with the last game, how the three, the, the teams that take a heavy volume of three point shots uh, have not really been doing so hot in this tournament. And uh, well, that's Auburn. Uh, Auburn shoots about 25 a game. And, you know, if they're relying on the three like that, then I think they could be in trouble, especially on the spread. Um, you know, it's not a huge spread anyway. Uh, you know, what is it now? Seven and a half. I mean, I, I think that's that's a number Miami could get. I'm not saying Miami's gonna win, but I think they could be in this game. Just the the tempo of this game. Both teams want to kind of get up and down the floor, and I feel like that helps Miami because that's really the only way they can play. They can't play a slowdown game. So, uh, you know, I, I gotta like, like the number in favor of Miami. Eric, I'm probably gonna stay away from this game because. It's always weird when when your team plays a team because now I'm I'm not sure if like how I feel how I'm uh, correctly or if I'm correctly analyzing Miami because they played in a game against USC and I, I dove into a few things like shot quality loved Miami's game there but then down the stretch I mean in watching the game 
USC played so poorly throughout parts of the game. I mean, Boogie Ellis couldn't even get on the floor. He like curled up into a ball. We've seen this before. Like it was almost like the game and the pressure was like a little bit too much for him. So USC was in the game when they got like a nothing from one of their key contributors. And then down the stretch, Reese Dixon Waters, a 90, 88% free throw shooter, the best free throw shooter on USC's team who had not missed a free throw throughout the game. And what's so kind of strange about that too, he was having the best game of his life. He was like the only guy that was really keeping USC in the game. So like you're one, you're thinking you're like, oh yeah, the gambling gods, this is his day. He's going to step up. He's going to drain these two free throws. He's going to put USC up by a point. They're going to get a stop and they're going to win the game. And he got tripped. He kind of fell over on his wrist. And you could see he was kind of like shaking his wrist out and he missed the front end of the one and one. I don't know how to take things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Does Miami, does that mean they got a little bit lucky? Or do you just kind of wipe that out of the mat and you start over in this game and you say, okay, Miami, Auburn, let's attack this game from a matchup perspective. Um, I've been wanting to fade Auburn a lot. I've been wanting to attack Auburn. Um, I'm definitely not laying the points with Auburn, but tell us where you where you go to this uh, Miami-Auburn game. I'm trying to wait for an eight. I think some Auburn money is going to hit hit the board, um, but I'll definitely be on Miami side for the contest. I'm going to take definitely going to take the over. I'll actually like the over more than the side. My thought process is this: um, Miami shot one of fourteen and threes against USC. Second game in the building. That percentage is which is funny. Remember, um, not up. to interrupt you, but remember when I, when we were, and I was previewing the game, I had talked about how USC, which was funny, that's something that went their way, and they still couldn't win. Everybody in the Pac-12 was shooting lights out from three against them, which was nuts. That was like the positive regression for USC that evened out in that game. Like they were getting it and they still couldn't get the job done against them. So you're right. Like that should even, that's one of those things that should even out for Miami. Um, Miami, Miami is a good three throw shooting team. Auburn does follow a lot. They shoot 74% from the line, 86%. That's 86 uh, nationally. The thing is, is, Miami is 278th in the nation in defensive rebounding. Auburn is 29th offensive rebounding. So even if the threes aren't falling for um, Auburn, I think they're going to be able to get second chances. When you think about Kessler, exactly the size, that's where USC hit them hard on the offensive rebounds. That was one of the places that they were able to attack them. Yeah. And I think like, like Gentry said, I mean, and I, Chetri's been nailing these games today. I think the pace is going to be all the way up and down. I mean, I think this is going to be a track meet. Um, in the contest, I'm going to play the over, and I'm waiting for the eight before I play Miami. Leo, finish us up here. Auburn, Miami. Oh, my Trojans, man. They had a lot of opportunities late there. Looks like It's like one of those games where it's so funny. When the, the team that's down comes all the way back and has that great stretch, usually they just take the lead and sort of take over. I mean, the way that second half started, I thought USC was going to put them away and going on to win by 10 pretty easily, but they just couldn't get enough from some of their key contributors. Miami had a little more down the stretch. Auburn, Miami, tell us where you lean here. Heartbreak, dude, heartbreak. I mean, I was in a stretch where I had Texas money line in the first half, and I got that miraculous three-quarter court buzzer beater against Virginia Tech. Um, from Marcus Carr to win that first one. And then about two minutes later, I had USC put up that shot at half court. I was on the phone with one of my buddies. Pearson. Oh, yeah. They that had, the they shot. had um, uh, Virginia Tech first half money line. I had Texas first half money line. And he had Miami on the money line. I had USC on the money line. Oh, so you're just like, again. I was there. I, it was exactly like the Gordon Hayward shot. I was heartbroken yeah. for you, dude. It but, really was. This game, I'm fading Auburn. I don't trust Auburn with ten foot pull. I know that the like I know that the pace is going to be an issue. I wish Miami was capable of being a slow court, um, like a half court team. I don't think they are. But listen, Miami did not shoot well in that first game. They still find a way to get through. Auburn is not great defensively. Like I know people like them a lot. I'm not a huge fan of Auburn defensively. If Auburn's threes are not falling, they're going to be in big trouble. Another thing is that. Miami's best player didn't really show up for the better part of that game against USC. I mean, McGusty is their best player. Isaiah Wong carried that team for the better part of about 30 minutes. Um, Miami has some weapons. Those guys can hit some threes. I think Auburn's going to be in a little bit of trouble here. I definitely like Miami to cover the seven and a half. I got a good lean toward the over as well. 
Uh, honestly, depending on what I can find that money line at, if I can find it at 280 to 300 range, yeah, I'll dabble a little bit on the Hurricanes. Oh, and Jim Laranega, fantastic coach. It's going to be funny if ACC can get like four teams through in the Sweet 16 after we just crapped on them all year long. I don't right? think the Pac 12 last year. No, you're right. Exactly. And it, it is, there is something to be said nowadays for team, you getting a, a clean slate, you're getting the start over. Yeah. That stuff doesn't matter. And all these teams, they hear it. Miami, and that's the thing. Miami and North Carolina and, you know, Notre Dame, are they the most – have they been the most consistent teams all throughout the year? No. Are they probably teams that can beat the best, best teams two or three times in a row? No. But they have enough talent on their teams to get up and beat anybody for a game or two. It's just – I don't know if we can trust them to do it because they have weaknesses. So – I mean, it's it's not a talent issue with teams like Miami and North Carolina and Notre Dame. It's just putting it all together. They they have weaknesses. Those teams have high level recruits that they went out and got. It's not like they're overmatched like small mid major schools. They just sometimes they're not deep. Sometimes they're not big enough. Sometimes they don't shoot it. Whatever it is, it's just a basketball weaknesses. But it's not a devoid of talent. We're going to get run off the floor by some bigger school, and that's where they're able to just hey. Look, look across and know that like, oh yeah, these guys aren't going to out athlete us. And once, when you can start there in the NCAA tournament and you're not just going to get run off the court, you're in okay shape. That's what you get with some of these teams who just have talent. This is the uh, sixth game on our slate today. This one goes at 745 Eastern time, Miami 24 and 10 straight up 19, 14 and one ATS Auburn 28 and five straight up 20 and 13 ATS Final two games tonight. We've got Texas, Purdue. This game begins at 8.40 Eastern time. Let's start with you, Gentry, Texas, Purdue. So kind of a fun opposite, like strength on strength game here, right? Because with Texas, really nice defense. You think of them as a, you know, like a, a defensive stalwart. And then on the flip side, you've got a Purdue team that offensively, is one of the best in the country. They had the number two adjusted offensive efficiency. They have the number four effective field goal percentage. They were fourth in the nation, shooting almost 39% from three. And and Purdue is not just a three-point shooting team either. They've got bigs, too. Offensively, they're really well-balanced. They're just not good on defense. So that's what I thought is fascinating about this game. You do have one of the better offensive teams versus a really good defensive team something's got to give here. Uh, Talk us a little bit about what you think in this Purdue-Texas game. Well, you know, I I just look at kind of – I go back to the last 10 of the regular season for a lot of these games or a lot of these teams. And, you know, when you compare these two teams, (laughs) they're practically identical um, based on their last 10 going in. Um, Both giving up about – 69 points a game, only scoring 68. So they're both in the negative on the differential. Uh, they both shoot, uh, you know, right around 23s a game for the season. Uh, it, you know, this game comes down to me, a lot of it is the guard play. And, you know, I think when you get in the tournament, all the good teams that have won in recent years have had pretty good to Excellent guard play. And I think the deciding factor here is Ivy. Um, You know, if he's he's able to get what he wants, which against Texas' guards, I mean, they've got got some guards that I like. I like Carr. You know, he's he's nice. But I don't know. I think Ivy's kind of next level. And and I think that's the difference in this ballgame. So, if I had to take a side here, which I really – you know, you talk about games that you do and don't like. This is a game I don't like, but if I had to take a side, I'd probably take Purdue. Uh, right now, Leo, we're seeing this game on Nitro betting as Purdue minus three over under around 135. What uh, Which way are you leaning, Purdue, Texas? I mean, I took Texas a couple months ago. Uh, I got a really good ticket on Texas to win the national championship just because I said I like the three guards that they have. I like how they operate. I think they have a very good coach. Defense travels. Uh, Purdue is a team that we haven't really been all that high on. Again, Jaden Ivey, I know how good he is. I know how efficient Purdue is. Uh, I think Timmy Allen is going to have his hands full with Zach Eady. But in reality, I don't 
think Zach Eadie's really that good at the game of basketball. I think if you give him a little bit of resistance, he's going to have some problems. Like, if you ever watch that dude, I mean, he's literally just 7 4. It's 7 4. At 7 foot 4, it's really hard to suck at the game of basketball. And, like, he can do a couple things, but this guy's really not that skilled. You can definitely bother him. Um, and I think that Texas has enough defensively to bother Jaden Ivey. And Purdue, I don't trust Purdue defensively. In Texas, we saw against Virginia Tech, they can hit down some threes. They can knock down some big-time shots. I am a big fan of Texas in this matchup. Um, I don't see the money line there. i got to get close. I believe it's plus 135. I'm rolling Texas on the money line here. I think Texas has a real shot to get to the Final Four this year. Eric, uh, we go Texas-Purdue. Texas 22-11 and 11 straight up, 13-20 and 20 ATS. Purdue 28-7. and 7. And 14, 19, and 2 ATS. So a couple bad teams against the spread. And uh, Texas was a team that was a lot more highly regarded early in the year towards the top. I don't want to say it's been a, it was a disappointing year for them, but they probably felt coming into this season that they were going to be in line for a top seed and not where they ended up. But what's nice, what we said about the tournament, it doesn't matter right here, right? All of a sudden you win this game and, and it basically was like you were the three seed and you just took it from Purdue. Texas, Purdue, which way are you leaning? Um, well, let's look at this. Purdue, the way they like to score is down low and with ivory isolation. Texas is top 20 defending the rim and defense. They're top 10 defending the post and defense. Uh, they have Courtney Ramey, who's one of the most underrated on-the-ball defenders. I think he's going to make life really hard for ivory in isolation. Um Purdue is 24-2 and two when hitting over 44% of their shots. Texas has only allowed teams to hit over 43% in 22 games. Um, Purdue struggles on defense, like I've mentioned numerous times, in three-point shooting and in pick-and-roll defense. Texas is going to exploit that. And Prater, is, he hasn't had the best history against the packet in defense. You know, let's flash back to 2016 when Arkansas Little Rock, where – uh, Chris Bard was coaching there, upset Purdue in the first round. I think it's going to be the same thing. I like Texas here. I just think, like, matchup-wise, it pulls into their favor. I have them plus, I like them in at plus three and a half and plus 142 to straight up win. My favorite thing about Eric is that he is a good friend of mine. I talk with Eric maybe as much as I talk with any person, more probably than my girlfriend and family and uh, a lot of the time. Sharp, tell you numbers, everything. But when it comes to names – God, he's the Sucks. absolute worst. He is the worst Sucks. in the world with people's I names. Mean, I mean, it's Sucks. so funny. Rainer. He just butchers. Sucks. I think he said Sucks. three names there that were all wrong. He Sucks. said Ivory, you know, Barrier. We, all, was, we, we all have strengths in life, and yep. pronouncing names is and, my weakness. And I know. And what's so, great is you'll, you'll – I'll gladly admit he's good, with, he's good with faces. Yep. He's good with faces, yep. though. He's, he remembers faces. It's a face, yeah. not a name yeah. thing. I if I know, I know that face. If I meet you, it's there. But it's not a name thing. Yeah, it's funny. It's like we all know, and I always laugh. But uh, um, I, I think I'm leaning Texas side here too, just because I, the way I'm kind of looking at this game, in, in a, and for me, the most basic sense for this game, I think Texas very good defense, Purdue very good offense. I think Texas. Fine enough offense, Purdue, not very good defense. So that's kind of the way I ended up leaning. Like, I feel like Texas's offense is still going to be okay enough to attack Purdue, and maybe Texas's defense is good enough to where they can slow Purdue down a little bit. Um, but when they're rolling, they're a fun, really well-built team offensively, Purdue, because they've got bigs. They can throw Edie at you, but if he's not um, – you know, like if, if the matchup isn't great with him, then all of a sudden they've got Williams still there and they can lean on Ivy a little bit more. So they do have some options um, when they're rolling offensively. It's yeah. just defensively. Like if Texas shoots okay, that's where I'm, I'd be concerned on, on in this spot. Well, and if I can add one thing, I think it's important to realize too that this game is in Big Ten country. It's in Milwaukee. Yeah. So I, yep. I kind of feel like, that's gonna help. Gonna help out Texas uh, if it if push comes to shove late in the game. I, uh, you know, I, I think that I could will say this. I was up, I was up there on the game on Friday, and there was a ton of Texas fans there. Cool. So I was so good point. Good point. Good point from uh, Gentry on the location, and then Eric, who was there, lets us know there were uh, a nice little Texas contingent. So this was for. 
the 8.40 Eastern time game tonight. We've got one more to go, fellas. Final game on the uh, on the menu, and then we will know what the Sweet 16 look like. Don't forget, we'll be back here with you next week. We'll, we'll post the schedule moving forward because next week, we may not go as early in the morning. We'll see. We're just going to check in with everyone and check what the schedules is because the games don't go quite as early and all day long like they did this week. We wanted to always make sure we got in early in the morning before all the games. So next week, we'll definitely be here with you to preview the games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll just let you know exactly what time. Maybe it'll be closer to game time um, if, uh, if they're a little bit later on in the day. Finishing up with the number one seed, Arizona, trying to make their way into the Sweet 16. Arizona, TCU. So uh, Arizona, we have top 20 offensively and defensively when you're talking about adjusted efficiency. Arizona, you know, you look around and you feel like of the teams that are that are still left, they've probably got a, a pretty good damn chance right now as, as teams around them just continue to fall. Heck, even in their bracket, you know, you, you look towards the bottom and you've got Tennessee, who was uh, the three seed. They're already out. So Arizona, in this matchup, as a Pac-12 guy, I, I saw Arizona a lot. I, I don't think TCU is a great matchup for them, just sort of defensively. Um, you know, we, we know what TCU is going to do. They're going to make things really difficult. They come off of a very impressive win against Seton Hall. I, that, I think that's what makes this game hard for me to play, Leo, is that TCU looks so good in their last game. I don't know if I want if I'm playing them off of if I'd be playing them off of that game or what they did throughout a lot of the year, which was, eh, I mean, they they beat some good teams, but they weren't overly impressive or really consistent throughout. I'm, just pure matchup wise, I don't think it's going to be easy for Arizona here. I don't know if I want to lay double digits with them, but I don't know if TCU can beat Arizona just from a moving along in the bracket here. What do you have in this last game, Leo? All right. So listen, everybody, I apologize. I was not here yesterday. Unfortunately, that meant Beho had to pick the public prop and Beho did not do a very good <laughs> job. That's what I'm here for, baby. I'm here to dish out BTV's free money. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I am all over TCU in this matchup. TCU is going to make this a rock fight. It's what they do. We've seen it with the Big 12 teams. They're freeing up the offense. The offense has been a lot better. We know how good TCU is defensively. Arizona, I love Arizona. They were one of my favorites uh, to win this whole thing, which means they're due to lose in the second round, kind of like how <laughs> Kentucky lost in the first round. Everything is lining up. Give me TCU. If TCU can cover nine and a half points, and we are giving away $250 free money all you got to do is retweet the tweet that I'm going to put out in a little bit, probably right after the show. So make sure you guys check that out. TCU plus nine and a half. That's my pick here. Make some damn money, people. TCU, the public prop. Get to BTV bets and make sure to retweet, to share that thing. If you, Folks, when we post these free public props, all you got to do is like retweet and, and share them. And it doesn't cost you anything. There's no entry fee, nothing. Just... Do it. You'll forget about it. And then later on, if you win, there'll be money coming to you. It'll come right back in your account. You'll be good to go. Arizona TCU Gentry. What are we going to do with those Horn Frogs? Well, I was all over them in round one. I, did, I didn't like Seton Hall having to travel all the way out there to play. Uh, you know, but <laughs> I, I think they're good enough to muck it up to get the, the number. Uh, but as far as a win, I think that's that's – a little far-fetched. I think Arizona does get to the Sweet 16. But, uh, you know, looking at it, this is a game I don't have a lot invested in. Uh, you know, I've only seen Arizona play a couple times. I've only seen TCU play against Seton Hall. That's the only time I watched them. So, you know, going off of that, going off recency bias, TCU looked great. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, then you look at kind of their breakdown, at least what I had on my, on my sheets going into the tournament. And I was not very big on them outside of round one at all. Um, you know, they're one of these teams that were in the negative in their points for points allowed differential uh, leading up to the tournament in their last 10. Um, but that's kind of part of who they are. You know, that, uh, if, if you're going to, you know, you talk about all the games that they've made, kind of ugly games, that yeah. kind of make sense when you see a negative. So they're in a lot of tight games. Um yeah. 
so you know, with that being said, I'd, I'd, I'd probably lean on Texas, Texas Christian and the Frogs to, uh, you know, get this cover. Eric, I, I don't think you're led. I know you haven't been really a high pack on the Pac-12, so I can't imagine you're going to be wanting to lay ten points with uh, with Arizona here. Pac-12 actually, UCLA played pretty well yesterday. I do have to say that was one of the, one of the few games I was I was right on with uh, with UCLA yesterday. Um, does Pac does the Pac-12 get their second team into the Sweet 16 here with Arizona in TCU? Tell us what you think. Give us like your attack on the point spread, and then from you know who just moves along. Um, looking at this game, you know, TCU can rebound and, uh, the third in total rebounding in the nation, second in defensive rebounding. Um, I could totally see a scenario where they muck up the game makes Arizona play at their pace because they are one of the best defensive teams in the country, 15th in defensive efficiency. You know, they're holding teams to 31% from beyond the arc, but at the end of the day, I'm looking at this. And guard play is so important in these tournaments. And TCU turns the ball over the 336th most in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't shoot that well from beyond the arc. They look to get inside the arc, inside the paint. And Zona is the second best team in the nation defending inside the arc in terms of field goal percentage. I just don't think TCU is going to be able to hold they up They got a ton of size. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. They have a ton I of just, size. I, um, you know, I didn't, I'm not betting this game side or total um, in the contest. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with Zona minus the nine and a half just because I think TCU is going to turn the ball over. Uh, how they like to score plays into how Arizona is good at defending. And I just don't think they'll be able to create enough shots from the outside. So I would take Zona minus the nine and a half. Yeah. When you're just kind of comparing the, the, the key contributors and some of their, uh, their, their, like their size, um, Arizona with, Tabellus, who's 6'11", uh, Matherin, 6'6", Coloco, 7'0". Even Dalen Terry is like 6'7", who's been getting a lot more run now because Chris is out. So, yeah, they have a ton of size there. And on the flip side, you know, some of the key contributors for TCU are just a lot more in the smaller to kind of wingish, wingish size. Arizona, TCU, TCU will try to make this game ugly. 21 and 12 straight up, 19, 11 and 3 against the spread. Arizona, 32 and 3 straight up, 20, 14 and 1 ATS. Fellas, got to give it up to you. This was a really tough week. It's a busy work week. You guys did a fantastic job. We got to give a shout out to Beho here, too. He was with us uh, all week long. We recorded the bracket breakdown really early in the week at like. 6 a.m. Eastern time, 3 a.m. Pacific time. We had some fun with that, and everybody got up early, and everybody was super prepared and had a, a lot of fun. And you know what? We were right sometimes. We were wrong a lot of the time. We're going to be wrong a lot of the time when we're gambling. That's that's what the point. That's what that's why it's hard. It's not easy, but great stuff. Leo, good luck today. Rest of the day, Eric, my man. Good luck to you, Gentry. Good luck to you. And don't forget, folks, we'll be back in just a couple hours um, for just a little quick NBA preview for today. If you're sitting back and you're watching March Madness, there's so much happening. There's the eight games on the slate, but there's a lot happening in the world of NBA. The final stages of the NBA season, just a couple weeks left. Eric, I've got three or four plays I'm looking to attack. I just got to make sure I uh, check some of the lines, uh, check some of the the lineups for sure. See what uh, some of the uh, players that are going to be in over the next few hours, but you and I will be talking again real soon, talking some NBA. Correct. 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time for that NBA show. And that'll be a quick one. We'll just go maybe 30 minutes at the most with Kyle, myself, and Eric giving out some of our plays for today. Later on tonight, you'll have the backdoor cover. Don't forget about Monday with Mohawk Mania, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. There's also going to be Riders Up in the day. Oh, that interview with uh, Umberto Rispoli that we did last week. He is awesome. He is one of the most candid um, interviews that I've ever done with anyone in any sport. You just, if every question you have, he'll tell you about it. He told us about a trainer who ran after him, trying to fight him, wanted to kill him and when he was like 15, 16 years old. Just some really fun stories there. So check that out. Remember everything we've got for you at better than Vegas. Everything is free at BTV. We just want to help you become a better, better flip those notifications on. Hope everyone has a fantastic Sunday.